0: And welcome back to another episode of the Double Dunk Podcast. My name is Brendan Deeg. Thanks so much for tuning in today. We're talking strictly Philadelphia Eagles. I am joined by Thomas Peterson. We're going to figure out if the Eagles can salvage their season. It is absolute chaos in Philadelphia Eagles land, and no one else will do it to my man. My friend, Mr. Thomas, here's Thomas. You're muted. Just a heads up, but how are you doing? What's How's life going? You're I was salvaging years. the t- the 10 and 4 uh, Eagles. It's crazy. It, it, I've never yeah. been – I've never, like – I don't think there's ever been a 10-4 and 4 team in NFL history that has vibes around the squad like the current Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, probably it's
1: been. But,
0: yeah, recency buys. It does not feel good. It does not. Um, the Eagles of the last two weeks have been very news worthy for the Eagles, especially on Sunday. They didn't even play on Sunday. You had the Matt Patricia fiasco. You had the Jalen Hurts. Flew fiasco, and then they play on Monday night. They blow a lead late in the fourth quarter. The Seahawks go all the way down the field. Drive and score touchdown, 92 yards and under two minutes to beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, This episode, we're going to kind of just zoom out a little bit, just have a discussion for 25, 30 minutes and talk about what we're feeling, what's wrong, what can get better, if they can salvage your season. Um, I think the best place to start is the Matt Patricia uh, news and what happened there. Um, I guess I'll just throw it to you. What, what did you make of what happened when the when you found out the news that Matt Patricia was taking over the defensive play calling? I guess it was <clears throat> a little
1: bit um, back and forth with it because at on one point, you don't want your team to be making such radical changes uh, at this point in the season. But then also, I think I was at a point where something just had to happen. Like, they were so bad that uh, that like they had a, f- a few good weeks in the beginning of the season and the run defense sort of carried them a little bit up to the bye week in terms of you know EPA and all these kind of stuff but ever since the bye week it's just been they've, they've just found ways to notably noticeably look like the worst team on 3rd and 4th down and it's it 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 wasn't even like you don't have to look up the stats to know that that this team is among the worst mm-hmm. in the league. And then when you do look up the stats, you notice that there are actually and they by far, the <laughs> they're yeah. the worst yeah. in the league like yeah. by far. Like sometimes we watch the Eagles and we get caught up in the emotions of watching the Eagles because real Eagle Saints. But then you actually then you watch the stats and you're like, "Holy shit, this really does match what I what I what my feeling is. and Nobody else in the league is as bad at this as the Eagles." So, uh yeah, something something absolutely had to happen. Um now, I was worried about how it uh, how it would affect the whole dynamic of the team, um, and how the players would sort of respond to such radical change. Because we always know that there are players who have the coaches back and who really like the coach. And so, how would they respond to Matt Patricia now suddenly being the defensive coordinator? And I think um, I think the press conference today. Um, was a step in the right direction in terms of making this a partnership between Matt, Patricia and Sean design, not just, you know, Patricia taking over and shoving him to the side. And, but that these two guys are in a, in the same boat, uh, in terms of figuring out this shit. And, um, that's, that's fine on off the field and that it's a step in the right direction off the field, but still, I mean, they just they just lost the game on a ninety-two yard drive to 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 Drew Locke. and so it, it's not like it was good.
0: <laughs> no, like... It's fun- well, it's funny because if that drive doesn't happen, like let's say Jalen Hurts, because I, I just from it from that like, the reason the Eagles lost that game, in my opinion, was Jalen Hurts in the offense. It wasn't the defense. Of course, that last drive looked bad, and it was bad. Um, it's funny because the Seahawks kind of it took the Seahawks ninety-seven percent of way through the game to realize, hey. We should just be targeting these cornerbacks with DK Metcalf, and once he started doing that, it did work. So, I think it was part part blame on just the Seahawks' offensive game plan. But I I do believe that the reason they lost that game was the offense, not Matt Patricia and the defense. So, like, I think this is a whole different conversation if the Eagles win this game,
1: yeah, for sure. Like, if they're able to pick up that third and seven at the end of the game and salt the game away, or just you know, just run the clock out. We, we we wouldn't be uh we we wouldn't be panicking about it but it's still just just a mere fact that they that 1 minute and what 42 seconds and one timeout and they didn't need any of it like <laughs> none they didn't use the timeout they didn't even take the timeout that they had. <laughs> didn't even take the timeout and man it's um there's so much wrong uh <laughs> and I think if you're I think so. When you kick Sean Desai out off out the sideline and you make Matt Patricia the the play caller, you've set yourself. You know, you've expressed that we're willing to make radical changes to make this thing work. So for me, when I'm watching the last couple of weeks, I'm sitting here and thinking, okay, when does Killy Ringo start instead of James Bradbury? When does Eli Ricks take over
0: the outside cornerback job? They looked pretty good it's, in that game. They were the best players on the defensive side of the ball against, against Seattle, in my opinion. Well, Keeley Ringo was one of them. Here's a, here's a question for you. Hold, hold that thought. I want to ask kind of a big picture question about Patricia. If, let's say, on Sunday morning you got the news that they fired Sean Desai and that Patricia was taking over defensive coordinator and defensive play calling duties, would you have felt better or worse about it? Uh, I think it would have felt worse because I think worse? it's a very. Okay. I think it's that that is
1: that's a very radical move. Like I know this was this was very eye opening, especially for a team that is at that time ten and three, um, and very much so in the race for the NFC tie uh, for the um yeah for the um for the uh, first seed in the NFC oh, yada yada all this kind of thing. I think it would be sending a wrong message to the players that, um. If you're not doing well enough, we're gonna just execute you. Like <laughs> all the hard work, that Sean. Did, we we know he he's been working his butt off. He's the first. It's the first DC job he's had. I he may, he may not be
0: good at it. The results doesn't show anything. But well, he but had, he had was, the Bears job for that one year, right? So I guess. Oh yeah, right, years yeah, yeah. Years, I guess yeah you're right. It was a few years ago. I mean.
1: He's, he is he has without a doubt been working his ass off this season um to kind of get the defense implemented and it's his defense basically still that they're running. It's um so I think it would send the wrong message in terms of like everything we've done sucked and we can do none of it. Um I think this is um uh, while it's still eye opening, I think it's a more diplomatic way of saying something needs to change, but they're like it, I think it would split the locker
0: room tremendously if you just fired him outright. Um, That's fair. I the my biggest problem with it is, well, not problem, but the weirdness aspect of it is keeping Sean Desai around. Like I'm, I'm gonna disagree. Like I, I think they, sh- if you're gonna make this change, just fire him. Do you think Sean Desai still wants to be here? Like yeah, you, yeah, it's like honestly, <laughs> I think they had the conversation. I, I think I think
1: they, they sat down with Sean Design and Patricia before they made this move here and 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 basically sort of like sorted these things, and I would imagine at least to kind of sort this thing out because if they're gonna be working together, it doesn't make sense that to put them in the same room to work with
0: each other unless they think they can make that work. It's but it's weird, no, like you're forcing this partnership onto onto this ten and three football team. Like to me, like if you want to just make a change, make a change. Like send Sean Desai home. I, I I have a hard time believing that Sean Desai is okay with all of this. One, I, obviously he's not. He just he's demoted. Like losing your job sucks, right? It's it's demoralizing. What if Sean Desai
1: expressed that he wasn't feeling well about the job? Wasn't feeling well about the job? Yeah, like if he felt like he was in over his head in terms of what he was doing, like what he was. Saying, I don't like, know like, if he would really, really admit that, would he? I don't know. I mean, the status <laughs> show shows that he has with the worst defense in the league if he's confronted like he'd be confronted by Nick Sirianni and how, and and how Roseman so in terms like dude, what's going on? Like this is the worst shit in, in the entire league. It's like if he's expressed any sort of um uncertainty about his ability to carry out the job common ground would probably be all right, let's let's try to figure this out. Um I I just, what I'm, basically what I'm trying to, I, I'm not saying that that, that necessarily what's happening. It's just like, sometimes I think it's more complicated than just uh, people pointing at Sean Desai and saying, you're not the defensive coordinator anymore. Like, I think I think sometimes it, it can go a little bit mutual waste for because let's just say, like for Sean Desai, it would be career suicide for him if he just continued this outright disaster of a team and everybody could see that they're losing because they have the worst defense in the league. For him, it would be a more, much more salvageable if he still has a DC title and he's working together with Matt Patricia to it kind of like fix this mess. That's fair. Also, I, like I don't Matt think, Patricia I don't think... is a super experienced guy. Like for all for all the shit that's been going on with Lions and all that,
0: like his time with the Patriots was pretty bueno. Yeah, he can uh, so... call a defense. That's what he. That's why he got the Lions' job. Was his because exactly. he was a so, good defensive play caller. That's of basically course, also what what, well, what, but... what but Patricia kind of. Uh, um
1: kind of pointed out today as well is like this is still this is still Sean Desai's implemented defense that they're running there's this is what they're still building off It's like he said what like he said it's the Philadelphia Eagles defense he's calling it but it's still what Sean Desai has implemented throughout the year mm-hmm. i think that was a very good way of expressing it at that maybe Matt Patricia is more capable of calling a defense, whereas Sean Desai is much more capable in terms of designing the defense. So if they can make that partnership work in terms of who's calling it and who's designing it, like we always see with head coaches and offensive coordinators, mm-hmm. like Nick Sirianni, this is basically his offense, is Brian Johnson is calling it. Um, So like if 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 that's a, the same sort of partnership that they sort of need and it allows Desai to focus a lot more on the – execution design aspect of it could sit in a booth and, and have an overview of what's going on in the field. And Matt Patricia can call it and he can call the feedback. Who knows? Maybe it'll work. We'll see. This was the first game against the Seahawks. We'll, 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 we'll know more whether or not this is going to be working down the stretch.
0: Oh yeah. Like you're not going to get a lot from this game. Um, I thought there were a couple interesting kind of tweaks. They played cover one a lot against the Seahawks, especially on that last drive. And I didn't think it was met. I don't think they should have played cover one a lot on that last drive. Like, I don't think there was a need to have James Bradbury one-on-one on the outside with D.K. Metcalf on both those plays. I know the second one he was playing the sticks, but there was still no safety help behind him, right? Like, he was basically on an island there. Uh, I think that's what Matt Patricia's, like, philosophy is. If you go back to his New England days and and what he kind of got famous for and what he got the head coaching job for. Was playing a lot of press man, a lot, a lot of man-to-man coverage, not a lot of help behind it, kind of clogging, clogging throwing lanes. And um, that's what you're probably gonna see transition more. Uh, one other the one thing I did like as well is you saw Sydney Brown play in a lot more areas of the field. You saw Eli Ricks play in his natural spot. So I do think he's putting the players like I think right away, he probably thought in the back of his, of his head like Eli Ricks should not be in the slot. Sidney Brown should be playing all over the field, kind of used as a weapon on the defensive specifically, just as a safety. Like, I think already you're starting to see maybe something that he's been thinking of and what he thought Sean Desai should have already done. He implemented right away in that first game, and that's what you saw. But there's not too much you you can kind of take away. It's just, I I think you're going to start to see this team play more man-to-man and not live and die by soft zone coverage. I think that's the big philosophy change you're going to see. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right about that. But this defense... Is not gonna win football games no matter who's calling plays if they don't get after the quarterback. It's pretty straightforward. They're 13th in sacks right now, 23rd in sack rate, 32nd on and third down sack rate, dead last and third down sack rate in the NFL. And they have Hassan Reddick on a on a contract, Josh Schwed on a big contract. They have first round picks for Jordan Davis, first round picks Jill Carter. They have used a mass resources on that defensive line. And if they can't get after the quarterback, this team's not going to win football games. I don't care if it's Matt Patricia calling plays. I don't care if it's Sean calling plays. I don't care if Bill Belichick and his prime's calling plays. This team is built to get after the quarterback. If that doesn't happen, they're not going to win games. They don't have the guys on the back end to kind of counter that. This It's the way this how Rosen has built this roster. It's pretty yeah. simple as that. And I... I do think like the stunts are not working on the D line. Like they're not doing a very good job of kind of opening up lanes for these pass rushers either. It's a lot of just go beat the guy in front of you. Yeah, true. Is there anything? uh Is there anything specific that you saw from the defense that Matt Patricia did differently that you want to throw in?
1: Um, yeah, just the mere fact that we we saw Eli Ricks be able to play more outside. I think that was nice to see. I mean, they rotated in there with Keely Ringo and, and and Eli Ricks, and I think both of them did a did a real good job with that. Um... I think it was nice to see um, – <clears throat> it was nice to see Sydney Brown get on the field a lot more. Um, he is he, – man, he's such an exciting player. Yeah. Uh, With the freaking hair on fire, man. <laughs> exactly. going it, I, it, I mean, I think he he's, um, he's a guy who's really going to split the waters in terms of whether you like him or not. Like, if you like that sort of play style, he's going to be making a ton of misplays. He's also going to be mm-hmm. making a ton of plays. So, it's uh, – yeah, to me that's a little bit of the um of the uh the Asante Samuel uh, sort of play style. Like you'll see big plays happen over and over again. You are also going to see some terrible plays from time to time. Uh he uh, totally different player of course. Like Sydney is a lot more physical. He'll he'll shoot up for the big play. Um I don't think I ever saw Asante Samuel like deliver a massive hit like with pure physicality head on head, but yeah, that's another story. So he was
0: just yeah. jump big routes, like similar kind of make guys, Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. like uh, never 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 a yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, I think that was really nice to see. I think he can be he can be a baller. Um but yeah, yeah, no. Um linebacker is still a, a, a still a disaster. Uh oh Shaq Leonard, man. <clears throat> Tough game for Shaq man.
0: Leonard. <laughs> I miss was... TJ Edwards. I really, yeah. really miss TJ Edwards. TJ Edwards is playing lights out football for the Chicago Bears right now, too. Yeah still yeah i mean i i don't sign tj edwards like i don't want that's where my opinion should go i don't think they should have paid the money for him um he's played well i i actually think the big reason why they lost in the super bowl was because of tj edwards he played really bad against the chiefs but at the same sort of time so sort did of bradbury yeah that's fair it was it was nice it was nice to have a little bit more stability at linebacker last year for sure but yeah, it's also just fell for like, falling
1: apart. Like, where you thought Nacoby Dean would come in and be the guy, and he's nowhere,
0: and yeah. Yeah, like, a lot of the bets Howie Rosen made on the defensive side of the ball, like, extending James Bradbury, or re-signing James Bradbury, extending Darius Slay, the Nicobe Dean draft pick, um, the safety position kind of leaving it kind of up in water, up in the air. Like, a lot of those bets just haven't paid off yet, and he, he – Cut Derek Barnett. You traded Contavia Street. A lot of your defensive line depth is gone too. So I I don't think, like Harry Roseman, I don't think this is like a huge roster problem um, overall, but I do think the defense, like a lot of the single bets that he made on the defensive side of the ball and pinning out. Um, I want to go back to your Eli Ricks and Keely Ringo comment because James Bradbury over the last two games in coverage, 15 targets, 13 catches, nine first downs allowed for 175 yards and two touchdowns. Every single target that was the Seahawks did are the Seahawks. Every single receiver that the Seahawks targeted in the on that last drive, James Bradbury was in coverage In in a defense that had Sidney Brown, Keely Ringo, Eli Ricks, three rookies, Reed blankenship on the back end. Seattle said, James Bradbury is the guy that we want to target. That's not good. That is, that's not good overall in big picture for the Eagles. So, um, I think every
1: single time he was targeted, he allowed
0: either a first down or a touchdown. It was bad, bad. And he's. it's coming, like, it's matching the eye. Like, the stats I just threw up were bad. The eye tests now is like. He's he's allowed allowed nine touchdowns
1: himself. Him single-handedly has allowed nine touchdowns this season. Leads the league.
0: That's nasty work. What What would you do going forward? Would you put Brad Bear on the bench?
1: Did you notice how they were substituting Josh Job, Eli Ricks, and Keely Ringo?
0: So, Job had two snaps in that game. Kind of confused yeah. where those and two And he's on from. both of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know where those two sound. Snaps... I don't know if it was injury based or. Because when I was looking at the snap chart today, I'm going, I remember the Josh Job had the big catch. I remember it was on the left side of the field. I'm going, I don't really remember him after that. But they stopped, they were rotating Eli Rickson and Keely Ringo in. Those were kind yeah. of the.
1: I think that is where James Bradbury deserves to be in that rotation as well. I think I think Seahawks had a very interesting approach to Tariq Woolen, um, who I don't know what was going on there. He was reading and out. Like it sounded like he was being disciplined a little bit, um, by the Seahawks in that game. They took him out, they substituted him in. I think that would be a clear message to James Bradbury, sort of in the sense of the like the same like when we shot his eye. Like instead of just downright benching one of your players that you pay a lot of money and you expect to be a leader in the locker room rotate
0: like have well, other the guys come the and play so you think they should just do a whole three round rotation like for
1: killer ringo and and james prappery yeah so i don't I'll know how long 33 percent of snaps something like that play the hot hand like if 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 Killeringo is balling out don't take him off the field if james prappery has a redemption game
0: and he's balling out don't take him off the field the thing I like about Keely Ringo is he's athletic, fast, and big, and that's what this defense needs on the he's, back end right Ringo. now. He's yeah, so exactly. Ringo. Like they they need guys that can step up in the run game. they need guys that are that are athletic. Like they don't have a lot of athleticism on the back end, especially with the guy his size. So I really feel like Keeley Ringo needs to be on the field going forward. Yeah. And like, but, I think you yeah, should but, be starting. Like it's I don't the the think same, like, rotating like, him out. I think Keely Ringo needs to start on this defense.
1: That's that's fair. That's fair, but also like I think it needs to be there needs to be room for like if he has a bad game like he's still a rookie yeah. uh so like if he if his head is boiling over in a game where he's getting worked by I don't know uh this, this should be an, like there should be some 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 rotation without being punishment you know what I mean right. um same goes with Eli Ricks I mean if the game if the game gets too big for him like you know have these guys rotate like
0: depending on how they're doing on the day it's gonna be interesting to see what they do in the secondary because it sounds like Darius is gonna miss a couple more games. He's not going on IR. My guess is Darius is not back to the wild card round um, if if everything kind of goes as planned. Uh, but we'll see. I I just think Keely Ringo needs to be on the field, and I, I I'm I'm almost at the point where James Bradbury's unplayable. Like and I know it sounds bad, and like I might be giving up on the guy too early, but it's not working right now. Like the stats are ugly. Uh, teams are targeting him specifically when rookies are on the field. Like you can't live, you can't live down by down like that. So, I, I, I especially if they want to play this new kind of man-to-man cover one style, that Matt Patricia is probably going to implement more and more as the season goes on. I just I don't know if he can be on the field for you. Right. Yeah. Might be too harsh, but it's kind of I where mean, I'm at right now.
1: Still, we're,
0: It's kind. Yeah, it's
1: kind of tough because we're also we're also what are we three games removed from him having the biggest play of the game uh b- biggest play of the day on defense against buffalo when he picked off uh josh allen on a perfectly red pass to devon uh, stevon i think that was like, more of just a bad throw you're right it was a nice play no nah, it was that a really good read i mean he, he read that play all the way he ba- like bailed from the flat went straight inside and picked it off i that was, like that was a really good play but yeah you're right it's it's we're looking at uh, we're looking at one one good play in, in a lot of games, and that build the Bills set over 500 yards of offense in that game. Like, I mean, I mean? just look at it. I mean, Casey game as well. Five targets, two receptions for seven yards.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, like, but then there's just, some
1: bullshit. Like, and you know, then it's one touchdown allowed against the against the Cowboys. Two touchdowns allowed allowed against the Washington Commanders. A touchdown allowed against the uh, the Dolphins. A touchdown allowed against the Rams. And then you have touchdowns against Dallas. You have touchdowns against the Seahawks. So it's there's a lot of bad in there. Like, but it's mm-hmm. like I said. Like sometimes, it, like sometimes they hit the day and they're, they're playing well. And but yeah, if they're if the idea is to to transition over to a man man heavy press defense, Kelly Ringo and Eli Rakes are better players right now. Mm-hmm.
0: It's gonna be interesting. One more th- one more thing on the defense. They, uh, I don't know if you noticed on the last drive, but Jordan Davis didn't see the field at all on that last drive. They did not trust him to rush the passer. Moral Ojomo was on, I think, five snaps oh, on that last drive. So we'll go uh, and over Brandon Graham and Jordan Davis. I don't know, like the D line rotation. Like I-, I think, I think it's telling if Jordan, if they don't trust Jordan Davis on that final drive on the field. I don't know if it's the right call. It probably might be. Who knows? They know it better. But if your first round pick can't get on the field for your seventh round rookie, I think you got some problems. Yeah. Anything else on the defense before we go over to the offense? Nah. (laughs) All right. Offense side of the ball. Thomas, what's wrong with the Eagles offense? Where do we start? Oh, boy.
1: There's a lot to dig into here. Why is Chris Watkins playing over Ozzy? I don't get it. Or or Julio for that matter. I don't buy the whole he's a decoy down the field because they don't use it for shit anyway.
0: And it's all he's good for, apparently. And like that doesn't that's not good enough to see to to, to see playing time. Do you think like if that was true, you just just sign any track star, any guy that runs under a four four and put him on the field. Nobody respects a dude who can't catch a football.
1: Like why? Why? Yeah. Oh, Chris Watkins tires me. Like it, every time he gets targeted in a game, he just makes a play that it results it's always in. a negative outcome. It's always a negative outcome. It's always those games that result in
0: losses. So, what do you think the big issue is? Zoom out, big picture. Look, what's wrong with the Eagles' offense? Why are they struggling? What's the, the last three games specifically? On their three-game losing streak, they have not scored over 20 points. Jalen Hurts, I thought I thought the Seahawks game was where Jalen Hurts has looked all season, especially in the second half of that game. Um, why is the 250 million dollar quarterback struggling right now? What's going on? Yeah, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's injury related. Still,
1: like if if we're still on that boat, probably it's he just he looks slow and he looks clumsy. That's that's basically what I'm saying. Like whenever he takes off running, I'm kind of cringing a little bit. And I did. He he was a force when he was running the ball last year. He was making guys miss. It was plowing for first down yardage. He was like he was a, a, a big time threat as a runner. This year, it's just horrific. Like him taking off running is is bad, bad. And I don't I think there's a disconnect between what the coaching staff Uh, with the offensive coaches think of him as a runner and what he actually is as a runner. Like they still have an offense designed around Hertz as if he is this elite running dynamic guy. And he's just not that anymore. Like he doesn't make guys miss. He doesn't plow for first down yardage. He like he is, he is not executing the RPO offense to a very high level right now. And teams aren't respecting him as a runner. So they're crashing down on everything else. And whenever he's, sniffing contact he goes down awkwardly looks weird runs slow doesn't take contact and if you if you can't see that as a coach and adjust your offense to it and start pounding the freaking football with your running backs and letting your offensive line do the work instead have some actual pass concepts out there that doesn't just evolve around an rpo game where hertz is reading one two take off it's then the coaches are failing so i think Hertz is, is Hertz is obviously not the player he was last year physically, and they're asking him to be that, and they can't over they can't adjust the offense to what they're what
0: is actually happening on the field. Yeah, I think you you made a great point there where they're acting the offense they're running is like they have 2022 20, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, a player of that caliber that can run the football, and it's just not, and when you have a system that's dialed up like that, you're basically playing 10 on 11, right? Like that's how the offense is going to run. Right now, there are only two quarterbacks that have more carries or design runs, sorry, than Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, and Taysom Hill. And he's far below that in success rate. Right now, he's 15th in quarterback success rate on design carries next to Jordan Love, 41%. That's ugly, ugly, ugly stuff. Like you're not going to be able to win that way if that's the offense that you're trying to dial up. When your quarterback is hampered. I I saw a clip going around today of um, the Eagles last time they wore black jerseys against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, It was a week 13 of last year. It was a Thursday night football game. The difference in how he moved in that game to he's moving right now is like night and day. He looked a lot more athletic a year ago than he did today or than he does now. I don't know if it's injury-based. I don't know if he's getting older. hes I don't know what the answer is. But I, I do believe that them acting like he's healthy and that he can run a quarterback one-design run offense is one of their biggest problems right now.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. And then sprinkle a lot of other stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Like, I put this tweet out earlier in the week. What are the Eagles' offense good at? Not much right now. The cornerback sneak, the tush-push. They're good at pushing a guy. And, the, and and we're getting penalties all the time on that right now. Mm-hmm. Like they're trying to outlaw that for the Eagles by calling penalties, this and that,
0: offside, false start. Yep. They're not doing anything specifically well. A um, couple more things on the Eagles offense that I think is a problem right now. It's predictable. Let's, let's just say it. This offense is boring. It's lackluster. It's high schoolish—not high schoolish, but I don't know if high schoolish is the right word. It's, it's
1: very the same.
0: It's it's yeah. They do what they do, and if they do what they do, if they do what they want to do, and it's not working, they're gonna to continue to do it. Yeah, like, that's the that's the worst. That's part the problem. Like they're they're like if you look at just like kind of specific offensive charts of like what's going on with the Eagles' offense and what they do, they run spread formation at about fifty percent of the time. That's 10% higher than any other team. They run motion at the fewest rate in the NFL. Um, I believe it's like dead last. I don't know the exact percentage. So spread formation, no motion, and they don't go under center. They've only been under center 4% of the snaps this year. That's like bottom 32nd by a wide margin. So they're a spread shotgun offense with no motion. That's what they do. There's no in-between. There's no like... We'll show you this look. We might go to another look. Like they, the Nick Sirianni offense is. is, There's no like other hands in it. There's no like we're taking stuff from other offense. We're taking other plays from here. They do what they do. And when they and when it's not working, it looks really bad. And that's kind of what's happening right now. And I do think a lot of it is like not adjusting to last year. So defenses are playing the Eagles a lot differently than they did last year and they are still trying to replicate the success that they had in 2022. So right now, the Eagles are seeing zone coverage at the sixth highest rate in the NFL. They were 32nd last year. Eagles are seeing man-to-man coverage right now at the 26th highest rate in the NFL. They were first last year. Teams have adapted to what they did last year, and the Eagles have not adapted to the changes. Teams are playing too high coverages a ton on the Eagles and their offense is not adapted to it. I don't know if you noticed this in the Seahawks game, but when they went over the middle, they were doing pretty well throwing the football. Jalen Hurts is nine to twelve throwing the ball over the numbers in, the, in between the numbers in that game, and I don't know why they just didn't continue to hamper that because that's what defenses are. That's where the open part of the field is going to be if they're yeah, going to they, play high coverages. They tried, but but then you had
1: like throughout to the towards the end of the game. There, I mean, there, there was so. At least a handful of
0: occasions that I that I could see that that hurts
1: just bailed the pocket.
0: Yep yeah, that the last third and was a third and seven. Yeah, at the end of the game, that was probably the worst play I've seen Jalen Hurts make all season. Clean pocket. I think the Seahawks were rushing four or five. I don't know exactly, but they weren't blitzing, and Hurts tied a clean pocket and he just bails with the game on the line i still say the after. Jets
1: uh, Jets uh, interception yeah, there. Is probably interception.
0: Yeah, there's probably a couple bad ones. But that's where the game was lost. And that's where I kind of want to maybe transition this co- uh, offense talk to because I don't think it's like a Nick Sirianni, Brian Johnson issue and Jalen Hurts is, is missed of criticism here. I don't think he's playing well at all. And I think he needs to play better. He's getting paid $250 million here. This is a guy that's supposed to solve problems for you. This a guy is supposed to lead your offense. He's supposed to be a top five quarterback. He paid him to be a top five quarterback. He's not playing like one at all right now. So I, I, I think he needs—he deserves a ton of criticism as well. You're right. He's bailing a pockets too early. He's not seeing open receivers. And I think a lot of—I think a lot of his his easy buttons are just throw the ball to AJ Brown and in man man to man coverage here. Whereas AJ Brown just throw the ball to him, and that connection just hasn't been there the last few weeks. Yeah. Do you have optimism that this will get better? No, you don't. No. Uh, explain to me why.
1: I think they're going to get their ass handed to them by the Giants, and we're going like, <laughs> <Shut significantly, laughs> to significantly, significantly shut significantly up. The penny you
0: button. think they're going to get their ass handed to them by the New York Giants?
1: I lose. Like, no <laughs> you matter think the, score, lose how
0: to how the Christmas Day at the link.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If like, if they lose the like, they lose to the Seahawks with that quarter. It's true luck.
0: It's Tommy Drew luck. I'd say Drew Lock or Tommy Vito. Thomas, what do you think the spread is in this game coming up? Uh, it, Eagles are at home this one, right? Yes, Eagles are at home. Have you don't don't look? Get, get no, there. no, no. I haven't looked. I haven't looked. Okay. Uh, seven and a half. <laughs> no, keep going. Oh, it, oh it's, it's higher. The Eagles are 13 and a half point favorites over the New York Giants on Monday. The Giants are plus five- I'm not I'm not, ten- a, I'm not a betting man and I would never bet against the
1: Eagles. I'm just saying, if you're if you're if you're betting football and you have no emotions connected to this game, So off, you do you actually firmly believe they're going to lose the New York Giants on Christmas no, Day? No, I don't firmly believe they're going <laughs> to do it. I'm saying they're playing so bad football that I would not be surprised if they can't score a touchdown in each half of this game and that that the Giants pull off some some scramble bullshit, deep play down the field, James Bradbury slipping on the turf. I don't like something, probably oh,
0: the veto zone reads all over the place. Like, that's
1: that's I think that's where you would lose. Like I you can you're scramble, Eagles can't yeah. stop scrambling quarterbacks. I mean, what Synchron Barkley busting out some massive play, they scored 20 points. Eagles can't muster up
0: 17. Uh, would not surprise me one bit. I think they're gonna be okay. I don't know if this is. An elite team like the Dallas Cowboys, San Francisco 49ers, Baltimore Ravens. Buffalo, I think the Buffalo Bills belong in that <clears> conversation <throat> right now. Um, I would just like to remind people, like, I know that it seems like the sky's falling, and I'm probably part of that. Like, I'm I, i I'm worried about this team. I'm not going to lie. But from weeks 1 to 12, so if you take out the last 13, if you take out the last three games, the Eagles offense was 5th in EPA per play, 6th in success rate. Jalen Hurts was 6th out of all quarterbacks in EPA per play. So they had a top-five offense and basically a top-five quarterback before they lost to the San Francisco 49ers at the link three weeks ago. So it wasn't that long ago that this offense was clicking, the team was moving the ball, and they were scoring points. Right. I mean, it, yeah. Yeah. If James Cook catches
1: that pass down the side of where Nicholas Morrow got cooked, we're talking about a completely yeah, different Yeah, but I think you can well. do that with a lot of like different games, right? Like You can I, do that I, with it, a lot of different games. You can do it with a lot of different teams. And just saying, like it, it, it for the Eagles specifically, you can do that in, in basically each and every single game. Like Kansas City Chiefs, Marcus Vail Scandling holds on, onto that ball. Patriots game, you have a guy wide open in the end zone as well who jumps the ball. Uh, Washington, if they go for two at that point, like they probably win that game as well. Uh, Dolphins, Tyreek Hill, wide over the, over the middle drops the ball right there. Could have been another touchdown. Like it's it's the Eagles are. I have never seen a team win games because their opponents drop the ball for easy touchdowns in the same manner that they do, and they win this game by this much. Like it's it's it is so close that we're talking about a ten and four team and a six and ten team, like or or six and eight in that part. Like quick math. Uh, it it's it's. They're just not very good right now. It's and sorry, they haven't been all season. Like the only, the only basic, like the, the, what is the convincing win they had this year? Dolphins. I think that was a pretty, that was a pretty Dolphins calm was a game.
0: big. Dolphins was a nice win. They yeah. beat the Cal- like. But like that's a very the like, Dolphins are a very good team. They went Cowboys, into, they asked them to to beat them that game. What the like, see. I'll push back. I, I'll push back on that. Like the, the refs on that final drive were like they basically walked the Cowboys down the field on that final drive. Because James like, Bradbury made a massive pass interference. Like <laughs> going back to Bradbury. <laughs> yeah. I thought that I thought the Cowboys game, they deserved to win. I'm gonna push back on that one. I don't, I don't know. I think I, I, I don't look, look, I, I, I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I, they're, they're probably not a 10 and 14. Like they're probably, you're probably looking at more of an eight and six, nine and five team. Like, I don't, I think the record, it doesn't show how good they are, but the even with the record, the stats I just showed like fifth in eight pay per play six in success rate, your quarterback was six out of all quarterbacks in efficiency. That's real numbers. That doesn't take in the record. Like those are statistical Facts that this team was a top five offense through fourteen games, no matter what. If fucking someone dropped the ball or, or whatnot, so they can get back to this. And I do think there's optimism that shows they will. One, I trust Jalen Hurts still. I, I think Jalen Hurts is gonna be fine. Um, They have a very easy schedule coming up. I think if you're gonna figure out how to get shit done and, and try new stuff and and see what's worked, what doesn't, it's a great last three games to do that. Right, right. like I mean, I guess- you
1: for me, I like I'm not worried about hurts. I'm not worried about AJ Brown or Devontae Smith. Or I'm not even worried about Hassan Reddick, Just Sweat, and all these guys. Like they have the they have talented players. They have good players. But you had 14 games to adjust some sort of coaching. It's been the same
0: shit over and over and over. We talked about the same stuff each and every week. But I think this is also the first time that we've seen Nick Sirianni kind of face some type of adversity since the beginning of 2022. So maybe some things do change now it might be too late to adjust those and, and implement them and install those in practice. I am with you. I, my least, the confidence in me and Nick Sirianni is, is dwindling by the day because I don't like how he handled that press conference yesterday. Um, I don't like the whole shot, the shot side map, how that all leaked to the media. Like, I don't like how that kind of all went down. Um, we're going to learn a lot about him, a lot about him. Sorry. Over these next few weeks, what's your confidence yeah. level in him going forward? Like, you I just don't. It, it,
1: one thing is, one thing is, is, is that you know he has bad press conferences, and I don't think he's that involved in things. I think he's kind of a little bit of a like. I think he's, he's still a puppet of Howie Roseman. Like he, he'll say what he's allowed to say. I don't think that he's making many of the decisions in there. But he, he probably like he's he's involved in it, and he thinks that he's making decisions probably. But I think this is the Howie Roseman show. Um, in, in in terms of all a lot of these things that we're seeing. But I just don't like the way that he's handling the offense, and that's what he's supposed to do. That is his, that is his responsibility. And he had he's had 14 games to adjust the offense to a quarterback who's had a knee injury. We've been hearing about for week in, week out against Dallas Cowboys. It looked like he was a guy who was about to go out for a significant time. Probably he used to come back in the game, but it's it's been so obvious that hurts is, is hurt and he's not he's not physically well and they're and they're just not doing anything about it and so i I'm, I'm sitting here going into week 15 it's like why am i why am i expecting a different result
0: why am i expecting a different offense it's the same they've done over and over yeah but you can also say like the offense can work if should, like i don't think it's just because it's simple doesn't mean it's not gonna work. I know it's kind of counterintuitive to what I said earlier, but I just think it needs to be implemented more. Gino Hurts needs to hit his guys more. And I think there just needs to be some like little tweaks. Like I don't think their offensive issues are unsolvable. Like I don't think you need a whole new playbook. You know what I mean? No, I just need to expand it to more than six plays. Yeah. They ran like this curl flat flat concept. I was watching the L22 this morning. Um like Twenty times, uh, yeah. like I don't. Like, it was, it was especially on one side of the field. Like, I just, I just feel like you watch like Kyle Shanahan, you watch like those coaches, Sean McVay, Mike McDaniel. Like they just do such a good job of getting their guys open, and it, it just doesn't seem like that's going on right now in Philly. No,
1: I, I, I haven't seen an Eagles player make a wide open catch unless the list of defense <laughs> made like a busted coverage. Mm-hmm. Like Devontae Smith against the Washington Commanders when they just let him run freely down the sideline. That is the least contested catch up seen from the Eagles this year. They mm-hmm. haven't schemed anybody wide open at any point.
0: Yeah. They trust a lot in their guys. Like they're they're very heavy on just we're more talented in you and come back to bite you. But I, I I truly do think they're gonna win their last three games. Um, I know I said they would beat the Seahawks, so what do I know? But I, I I would I doubt that they're gonna lose to the New York Giants um twice. I think they beat the Arizona Carls. I think that game will be closer than people think, but I think the Eagles match up well because the Giants Tommy yeah, Devito's getting revenge sacked. game. Yeah, the game of revenge game. And I think Kyler Murray can cause some issues, right? Um, for, for the Eagles defense. But like Tommy DeVito's been sacked like what, eight times a game? He's he's basically on pace to break the sack record if it was over a seventeen game span. Um, they don't have a lot of weapons. Like I think the I just match feel like when ball.
1: when Eagles are going up against uh, players who has been sacked like a record number of times, it they, did, don't they have them. like
0: they, they have like half a sack. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it's because of Washington, right? Like that was a lot of like the the Sam Howell stuff going in this year. Um, okay, so what else? I think that's pretty much it. Um, what well, here is what do you think the predict? What do you think happens to this team at the end of the year? What do you think the storyline is? I know it's a few weeks away. And we're still going oh. to get the playoffs. But let's, let's, let's go into uh, a time machine here. Eagles get to the playoffs. How does it go? I know we have a lot of time. i will be talking four or five times maybe since then. But as of right now, what do you think happens to this team at the end of the year?
1: I think they'll lose a close game in the, in the playoffs. Like I don't think they're going to get blown out like they've done uh, to the Cowboys and, and the 49ers. I think they're going to be competitive in the game that they play. I don't know if they're gonna play one or two games. I'm not expecting more than that. Like we'll see what the matchup actually looks like. Maybe we'll
0: get a Cowboys Eagles game. Can we do that? No way. <laughs> what round? What round are you talking? Like, do you think they because they're not getting the one seed? They're no, 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 no to definitely play. no. So they're gonna run they're, I think
1: I think it's gonna like it's from what I'm for what we're seeing right now, and I, I'm not I'm not sure a, a Giants or Cardinals game is gonna change my mind. Like they just had they just got whooped by a competition.
0: Yeah, that, that's part of the problem with this too. It's like we're not going to see them play good competition for a bit, right? Like, so it's no. hard to kind of like get a gauge if they figured shit out too. Yeah. Um, so right yeah, now, they're I, think, I think we're talking about a wild card or division count exit. So right now they're in the five spot. Okay, so if they win their last three games, they're going to the they're going to win the NFC East. If they do lose one, are they, they though? Because need- they they had like
1: a Denise Salzman has like a, a had like a strength of schedule thing, like depending on who wins, how much. Of the last uh, remaining opponents? Like I if the Cowboys to Cow- start it's, winning games.
0: I think it's if they lose one. Like I think if the Eagles drop one more, then they need the Cowboys to lose one more. I could be wrong here. I think the schedule is going to be determining,
1: right? If Cowboys win out and Eagles win out, they have the same record. It's going to be strength of schedule. Uh, that's going to determine who's the
0: winner. I could be wrong, but I think if the Eagles still went out, then they win the NFCs. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm, uh, yeah. I would have to look into it more, but I, I thought that's what the what the, it, it, the let's just say UK it is a pretty good chance. Um yeah. Let's say they get let's say they do, let's say that happens. Okay. Then they get the number two seed. I, I don't know. The, they still have to get get ahead of the lions too, right? Because the lions are right there at 10 4. So they're you're probably looking at a playoff game against the Minnesota Vikings, Los Angeles Rams. Seattle Seahawks, or if you finish the five seed, you're going to Tampa. Like Those are all very winnable games. The team that would scare me the most is the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, they're about to play tonight on Thursday Night Football, but they their offense is on fire. They're second in offensive DVOA over the last month. They have a top 10 passing offense. Kyron Williams looks like a star, so that team would scare me the most, but like, I think they could definitely beat the Vikings. They could definitely beat the Seahawks at home. I know they just didn't, but or that was on the road, but I don't know. Yeah, play I, I, I don't against a starting quarterback. We'll see what happens. Yeah.
1: I found I it here. Know. Eagles need uh, Vikings, Bucks, Chiefs, Buffalo, and Arizona to beat Jets, Chargers, Carolinas, Seahawks, and Lions in total wins. If Eagle, both Eagles and Cowboys win out, those teams are going to be the determining factors who has the, the best uh, strength of schedule. I don't know what that means. No, 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 no. <laughs> it just means that whoever has the best record of Vikings, Bucks, Chiefs, Bills, Cardinals, mm-hmm. or Jets, Chargers, Panthers—like not three, not good teams—Seahawks and Lions.
0: So it looks like the Eagles would get it then, right?
1: Yeah, unless unless uh, suddenly uh, Jets, Chargers, and Panthers start to look like teams that
0: don't want good picks. <laughs> yeah, we we'll see, we'll see that sometimes. But yeah, yeah. the Chargers, yeah, the Chargers play the Bills on Saturday. I don't know, but. I think they're going to win the NFC East out of all this, which is pretty wild. And uh, they'll be thirteen and four getting into the playoffs. Anyways, we'll 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 talk more. Um, we can definitely talk playoff scenarios and whatnot going forward. Anything else? Let's you see if to they beat mind? the Giants first. Let's see if yeah, they the win. And uh, we'll we'll probably talk the worst time. Christmas ever if they lose to the Giants and the fighting DeVitos. Are you all ready for Christmas? You got everything bought? How's how's Christmas looking at the Peterson household? Uh,
1: everything, everything's bought. Yeah, um, a lot of turmoil going on. A lot of uh, a lot of things up in the air. But yeah, presents are bought and there's food. So, what could go wrong?
0: All that matters, baby. So that will be what ten thirty p.m. It will be when the Eagles kick off on Christmas Day for you. Do they have a? Is it a four thirty game? Yeah, they're the four. They're the midday game, or mid afternoon game. Yeah, that's important. All right, do you want to get a prediction? You just predicted they're going to beat them. Do you actually? Do you have a score? I'll say prediction. Giants, Giants, twenty seventeen. <laughs> oh god, that would be a nightmare. I'm going thirty one to thirteen Eagles. I think they friggin roll and they hopefully put some shit to bed. But I think Nick Sirianni this week has more interest
1: and spends more time figuring out how Boston Scott scores than how to fix the offense because that's the kind of guy he is. <laughs>
0: You might not be wrong. You want to hear something crazy? So Boston Scott, um, his average anytime touchdown odds score all year were plus 900. Right now at FanDuel, he is plus 290 sportsbooks are absolutely selfish pigs they man they're they literally profit- they're prior- profiting off of this shit they know that Boss has got dolman's the giants and they've completely swung his odds cuz people are going to bet on it and they still don't give a shit this is like the classic sportsbooks are fucking evil this is this is a prime example of it Plus nine hundred all year, and then somebody's plus 290. Well, I just has to 78 yards all season, Thomas. 78 rushing yards. And he's plus 290. It, disgusting. I was I disgusted when I was looking at Are they
1: evil today. or are people stupid?
0: Both. Both. Okay. But yeah, FanDuel should not be taking advantage of that. People's stupidity. Anyways.
1: That that's what idea.
0: they do. That's what big companies <laughs> are for, Brent. <laughs> <laughs> all <laughs> right. What, I
1: think that's all we got. Later,
0: we'll a, make a living off. Anything else, Thomas? Anything else?
1: No, don't bet.
0: All right. We'll <laughs> I will be betting. Don't you worry. Thank you so much for tuning in, everyone. We appreciate it. Thomas and I will be back some point next week. Break down maybe what happened on Christmas Day. But we'll uh we'll discuss more kind of a weird spot. This Philadelphia Eagle team is in. Hopefully they can get it figured out on Christmas Day and going forward. Make sure to check out Thomas's YouTube channel, Breaking the Birds. Make sure you subscribe to this YouTube channel Double Dank Podcast. Make sure to follow us both on Twitter. And we will talk to you later.